I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong, where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Family, what's up? We're back. Of course we are. That's why you're here, to come and get this goodness. So, got a friend today who has lived from the very bottom of the map to the very top of it. And I'm very fascinated. Y'all know I love to know where people are from because I think who we are is really about where we come from, what we've been through. And so she's got a clearly unique story to tell us, even, you know, including some of the travel. I'm pretty sure she'll drop in there. But today, y'all, we have with us none other than Nanji Alexander. That name sounds like one of those, you know you somebody names. What's up, Nanji? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. That's a wonderful introduction. It's, it's interesting. It's a long one. But, you know, it's what makes me me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I don't think it's as long as mine if you want to argue about that. Oh, uh, we, we could try. Okay. So, <laughs> let's see. Born and raised in Miami, Florida. Left when I was 12. Lived pretty much all of eastern Ontario, which is a province in Canada, for 10 years. And moved back to Buffalo, New York, where I currently live. So every year, I started school up until my senior year, I went to a different school. Wow. I had a similar experience. My mom got married to a guy in the military when I was young, and we moved around a lot. So I think I, I lost count of how many schools I had gone to. How was that for you, especially, you know, thinking about the time you ended up going to college and picking one place to stay? Like, how'd that work out? It was, I feel like at a certain point, I just, just got used to it. It kind of became an expectation to me. Being stagnant in one place wasn't the norm. So I just kind of like, okay, I'm here for a year maybe a year and a half and that's it but you know I feel like it definitely affected just relationships platonic or romantic because I was just kind of like oh nobody's going to stay in my life or I'm not going to stay in theirs so why kind of build that bond but in terms of like figuring out where to go to college and things like that it just made it easier because I'm not used to staying in one place so I was like okay the world is mine I don't have the attachment to anywhere. I love that. So in college, was it difficult for you to stay the entire duration of your experience knowing that you were so used to moving around? Actually, in college, I stayed there all four years, surprisingly. <laughs> so it was, but I just, I got used to it. You know, when you're put in a position for doing things for so long, you kind of get used to it. Yeah, I can totally agree with you on that. And somebody who, again, relates to moving around I actually like moving around. So even now, having to stay put and having stayed put for as long as I have been, I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm over it. <laughs> but at the same time, learning how to appreciate where I am and appreciate the stillness and finding other ways to move. So I think that that's really interesting. Um, so speaking of college, you know, first generation college graduates, you are. Yeah. The world is big. The world is yours. 
what do you wish that you knew before you graduated from college? Like, what are you like, dang, I wish somebody would have told me this. I wish that I knew there are different professions out there. Hmm. So I am, you know, born and raised into a Haitian household. So my parents were immigrants. They immigrated to, to the States. And in that kind of environment and culture, it's like if you're not a nurse or a doctor, a lawyer, heck, even a teacher, anything else besides that was kind of looked down upon. Hmm. So when I went to school, I didn't really take my time to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do. So I followed in the footsteps of my best friend and did political science. But hmm. I only lasted like maybe a semester. And then I switched over to what my degree is now, which is child studies and a minor in sociology. So I wish I knew and took the time to figure out what I really wanted to do and not kind of feel pressured by my parents to do what they want. So how then, you know, just considering where you are now, how are you able to shape this idea of making them happy versus making yourself happy? Oh, that is a great question. First thing that comes to mind is therapy. Hmm. To create that boundary. I'm the youngest of three, so I have an older sister and older brother. So there's a lot of pressure for me to kind of fill up those shoes of my siblings and just the pressure of, you know, my parents working so hard for creating a life for us because we immigrated twice to the States and to Canada. Hmm. Hmm. That was, that's like double pressure just to be better than, than, than they were when they were younger. Mm -hmm. So definitely therapy. I had to create those boundaries and just be like, listen, especially now, I'm not a little girl. I'm able to make my own decisions. And, you know, you guys should trust in the fact of how you guys raised me and my own personal experiences. You know, I'm able to make the right decisions that are best for me. I'm not your vanity project anymore. I'm I'm a grown woman now. Mm. You know, it's interesting being first gen and then having this kind of almost obligation to make sure we take care of the family, but then find ourselves. And for you to be like, I'm a grown woman now. And it's kind of like, who you think you're talking to? You come from a Haitian family. So, you know, I know there had to be a way for you to just communicate it, but just this idea of breaking free and being your own person, you know? Yes, I definitely didn't say it like that. Of course, of course, of course. Because I don't know, Haitian mama daddy would have knocked you right on back to Canada. (laughs) She sure would. I am 27. I'm still afraid of my mama, so. I feel you. (laughs) That's what I know you would have. Like, who you think you're talking to? Oh, not you, mama. I'm playing. I'm pl- I was just playing. Um, joke. April Fool's in the middle of January. <laughs> I love that. But, you know, kudos to you, though, for finding those still that way to even get them to acknowledge that you are an individual and you have found yourself and you are making a way, you know, because that's something, especially you being the baby as well. I imagine with some pressures there. Just uh, how do you live up to like to your siblings um, or how do you not follow their shoes and how do they not look at you and think that you're the rebel? So, yeah, that's really cool. So you get through college, you know, you've got it figured out or at least as much as you think you've got it figured out. Start living life. What happened? So what are some of the lessons that you have learned since coming out of school? Like, that's really kind of like, yo, I just had this whole curveball. <laughs> Where'd that come from? I really wish that I took the time to build relationships with my professor. Mm. I'm a natural introvert. 
So, you know, building relationships with people that I don't know has always been such a struggle for me, especially someone that's in a position of authority, not only just for the benefit of potentially going to grad school, but, you know, just to have that connection, just to have that mentorship in your field, because having someone that has been through it or has some kind of experience is definitely beneficial. So definitely building those relationships with your professors, especially if you want to go to grad school, because you're going to need those references. And, you know, it's more than just getting good grades. You know, you're going to need somebody to vouch for you. And not only with your professors, just having a social life. I think I was in my third year that I finally decided to join a sorority to kind of get out of my comfort zone Mm. because I only had maybe three friends from high school that, you know, we all went to the same college. So that kind of was difficult because we all had different schedules. So we, we made time for each other. But as time went on, when, you know, when you're going into each year, your major gets more particular and you have certain classes that you have to take, your schedules clash. So to have friends outside of your core friends helps too, that you're branching outside of your comfort zone. So those are the two biggest lessons that I learned was was building relationships with professors and with other students. I love that. So what about in the workplace, you know, in the workforce and just being on your own and even in grad school? Lessons that I've learned. Ooh, I have learned to just to mind my business and just keep working. <laughs> because... <laughs> oh, Nancy. I'm, I'm so... Because, like, work drama is, is different. It is very different than your regular, you know, job with your friends or your family. Oh, yeah. But when you work all the time, you build those relationships. But you have to keep in mind, though, those are your co-workers. They don't always have your best interests at heart because, you know, anybody can easily snitch on you or throw you under the bus just to get ahead. So you have mm. to just you're there to get to get paid and to go home. Not saying to be rude or not to, you know, kind of open up a little bit, but just stay in your lane. And and that's that. That is the lane that God put you in. Okay, stay there and stay focused because there are too many opportunities for people who might be jealous of you, who want to put you down, who want to get you fired. Like, I've been through all of that. Mm. Doing what you're supposed to do. And everything will work out. And it ain't fun either, is it? Oh, gosh, no. Like, my job when I first came back to Buffalo, like, this girl literally told me, like, she didn't like me because I took her position. Oh. And it's like, well, I applied for it. It's not my fault you were not qualified for the position. So what you want me to do about it? (laughs) (laughs) That's really interesting. So you, you know, go through college, you know, grad school, get your job and stuff. I'm pretty sure the path entrepreneurship was something that came up somewhere in all of that or maybe even after but that's why I'm asking because I want to know what even led you to the work that you're doing now especially with mine over motherhood so what kind of got me into being entrepreneurship is after having my first daughter I experienced postpartum depression like crazy it hit me like a matchup so I was going through just that process of finding who I am besides being a wife and a mother and a daughter and a sister and a friend just figuring out who Nanji is. And I was struggling with that. 
And I, and I kind of just reached into my childhood and things that I've done throughout school and stuff. And I noticed that I absolutely love to write. I, I have so many journals. I've always written stories and things like that when I was younger. So I was like, okay, why not use that as something to, to do as a hobby? Because it started off as a hobby, kind of a way to express how I was feeling during the day, kind of an outlet before I even got to therapy. Hmm. So just using all of those experiences and just kind of like, wait, you know, maybe there's other women out there, especially Black women, who might be going what I'm going through. Why not bring that to life in a social space? Absolutely. Would you have imagined this was going to be something that would even be a path for you or something that you'd be doing? No, not at all. Because, you know, entrepreneurship wasn't something that was really talked about in my household Mm. or, you know, or in my group of friends. So it wasn't something that I knew that was possible. You know, you you grow up, you're just like, you know, your parents like education, education, education is great. Right. Wrong with that. But there are other options out there, too. You know, education is not for everybody because everybody is different. So absolutely. What have you enjoyed the most about, you know, this entrepreneur aspect of who you are and, and what you're doing and how you're even growing? I enjoy just connecting with other like-minded individuals. It doesn't necessarily have to be specified to motherhood. It could just be, you know, other Black women. Because, you know, we have that stereotype that we're only here to put each other down. And that's far from the truth. So to connect with other Black women, such as yourself, I was like, I have to do this. Like, she's she's amazing. I live with you. Oh, gosh, thank you. And just build that community and build that sisterhood with other like-minded individuals who are doing their thing and some, you can learn from them, too. Yeah, I love that. That's something I love about it. Just the level of ambitiousness that I'm finding in people, the creativity as well, and how so many individuals are taking, just like you did, a unique life experience and making something of it to help others. And I love platforms that are built around community. I'm really big on community, especially as you know, someone who's first gen, like you know, you'd understand, and being a person that, at the end of the day, I have to make sure I can sustain myself, especially when I'm finding myself in new environments where I feel like people may not understand like what I'm going through. So it's like, yeah, you may not understand, you know, back at home what it's like to do a bachelor's or to get to grad school, but to have a community of people who are like, yeah, I get it. And I'm crying with you and I'm laughing with you and I'm pushing you because this APA is showing its ass. So like <laughs> all of that, you know, like, so like it's, it's a different conversation. And so community became really big to me. Because mm-hmm. I continue to matriculate because I understood its significance in helping me, you know, get to where I am. So thank you again for what you do. And I'm definitely excited to hear how you think about the women that you're meeting. And I'm even even more fortunate to be a part of the tribe, you know, so loving it. So the flip side, though, what has made entrepreneurship want to beat your head up against the wall? Because I know it's been something. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Being consistent. Oh, Lord. I struggle with that so that being consistent and just being able to take myself seriously. That's one thing that I wish that I did differently because, you know, I feel like just as individuals, you know, we all suffer a little bit from imposter syndrome. Sure. I was like, mm, I'm not good enough. Oh, there's already so many other black women in this space, in this niche. Why am I doing this? But it's like everybody's story is different and we tell yes. it differently. So just to be like, okay, God didn't give me this idea for no reason. So, why not use the talents that I have and, you know, share with the world? 
and it's very difficult to just pretty much expose yourself <laughs> to strangers, but it's helping somebody and that's just the best reward. But being consistent is the number one thing that I struggle with. I now understood. So what then have you done, you know, for the person who's listening to this, who's also struggling with the same thing? What is what have you done, if anything, to help you with that? Or what are some things you plan on doing? I currently have uh, about two whiteboard calendars and like a big old blank whiteboard that I use to just like <laughs> mind dump ideas. I have so many journals and like I use my calendar, use my phone and I rely heavily on, on my husband. He like, without him, honestly, mind of brotherhood wouldn't even be a thing. Come on, hubby. Okay. <laughs> he pushed me to, to do it. He's like, you have a gift, use it. And I was like, okay, fine. So just having that support system and that accountability partner, because he's always like, okay, what have you done today? Have you done something for yourself? Have you done anything, any content? Then I'm just like, you know, no. And he's like, okay, I got the girls. You do what you need to do. So, Shout out to G Alexander for holding it down. He's the best. He's amazing. Um, Come so- on, babe. Really? What have you accomplished today? What have you done for you? What have you done for yourself? Really? Yeah. Every day. I'm just going to text my husband and be like, that. <laughs> no, nah, but like for real though, my husband is incredible because every day he asks me, how was your day? What is something that made you proud today? Or what is something that you accomplished, you know, that makes you feel good? And even just the idea of how was your day after I know he's had a long day. Oh, he's yeah. still wants to know how I'm doing, but that, what did you do for yourself today? I'm just going to add it to my own question for myself, you know, and it may be the accident, but what did you do for yourself today? Because... Yeah. I'm going to turn the table. Okay, then. Right. <laughs> Look at this. Life and love. All of it, girl. And I yeah. love that he's your best friend, too. So that's oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah. He 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 definitely holds me accountable. So so having, you know, some kind of support system, it could be a partner, a best friend, or some random stranger in, in, on Facebook and one of many Facebook groups. You know, <laughs> just, just to have somebody that checks in be like, okay, what is it that you need to do? How How can I help you? You know, mm-hmm. I my life. So, like, I always I have so many like whiteboards and calendars that I'm writing down ideas. You know, so I don't have them in my head to cause myself anxiety. Like, oh my gosh, there's so much that I need to do. It's there. I can see it and I can categorize it. So that kind of helps me be consistent and having a lot of reminders on my phone. Like a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot of them. Like every time I turn around, the phone going off. Like, what? What is this now? Yeah. I love it. I love it. And like you said, even in the the, the random strangers in Facebook groups. You said that being funny, but that's for real though. I'm like doing two challenges for the month of February. So that's just seeing other people, you know, post regularly. I'm like, oh man, like she's doing that. Like she has the goal that I want to reach. Like, okay, I need to, I need to amp it up. You, you see other people doing what you want to do. So you, it gives you that motivation to, to do better for yourself. Absolutely. And then sometimes people who you don't know hold you more accountable than people that you do know. It sure And I ain't trying to throw no shade, but I, there's people who like, if you're in a similar space with like-minded people, that ambition that they have, they want to have it and share it. And so having someone like yourself around with whom they can do that is exciting because I witnessed it firsthand that I've met many people that we connected on some LinkedIn something on some clubhouse something on some Instagram something and mm-hmm. I'm just like dang but we come because we are again in a similar space and I've wanted to connect and say hey I see what you're doing and I know how hard it can be I'm cheering for you so shout out to you for saying though because I, I don't want people knocking the strangers because the strangers be out there 
They really do. They really the man wants yeah, to more than your family does. That's you know, if you're not throwing shade, I'm throwing the whole forest. It's just, <laughs> just, just to keep it real. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but I'm gonna say something to that though, like for real, for real, because I had an experience recently that was a reminder that, you know, at the end of the day, our families, our friends, people that we know support us, but we shouldn't expect them to be the support. I'll, I'll definitely say that. And I learned that a, lo- a while ago, but for people who are listening, sometimes we can't be so quick to be mad at family for not helping us in the way we hope them to. But a lot of times our family aren't our customers, our friends aren't our customers. And they also don't get it because they're so close to us. So it's easy to like look over something or not understand it because, oh, Nancy, you my girl. Or like, that's my sister. You my cousin. It's like, you right. don't need me. Or like, well, I don't know what you're doing. No way she's doing something. Whereas people who are on the outside watching have a tendency to see it from how it's helping them. So that's one way I've been able to resolve being mad. I'm going to just say that for real. And mm-hmm. But you're right, though. you still right because you can still, you know, just still buy the buy for somebody you know, <laughs> whatever you do, like sponsor it. Right. But at the end of the day, I've learned to have a little bit more grace because I used to be upside and I, you know, I stopped counting and keeping up because giving my attention to those folks isn't me appreciating the people who are really showing up. Because sometimes it'll be people like, you've been following me for how long? You've been connecting me for how long? You write, you went, what? You watch what? Oh my gosh. And it's like, right. you're really down. So shout out to the, all the down people that's out there. Exactly. We appreciate you. Family, friends, and especially the strangers who will become family and friends. So I'm with it. I love it though. But you're right. I ain't gonna say you're wrong. You're right. Because I've been there. But no, that is so funny. So just even think, you know, now, what are some of the things that, you know, in motherhood, wifehood, adulthood, entrepreneurhood, all the hoods, what are you doing to invest in yourself as a whole? So like, I like Bay's question, right? That what are you doing for yourself? So what are you doing for yourself that maybe some of us can adopt and do for ourselves too? You know, I really take the time to journal, even if it's not actually in a book, like on my phone. It doesn't have to be long sentences hmm. or just bullet journaling, just whatever's on my mind, just writing it down, just releasing it. Writing is like a form of release to me. Like whatever it is, I see it, I feel it, I acknowledge it, and then we keep it pushing. Absolutely. Sometimes, you know, the other day, like I, I did my nails. I, I got these really cute press on. I'm like, ooh, I haven't done my nails since this, this, since this pandemic started. So, you know... <laughs> I just did did my nails. Something really simple that is just for me. It doesn't have to be extravagant, like going to a spa. It could just be, you know, you putting on chapstick, you taking the shower. Mm-hmm. If we're being real for all the moms out there, you're brushing your teeth for the first time in two weeks. It's something for you that you are doing for yourself. That's something to do with your partner, with your kids, nothing. It's the smallest thing. Watching a YouTube video, listening to your favorite song, you know, making your favorite dish. It doesn't have to be extravagant. That's one thing I learned. It doesn't have to be something so big. It could be as simple as taking a shower or, you know, eating your favorite ice cream. Mm. It's the little things that I've learned make the greatest impact because I took that time out for myself. The kids could be hollering. I'm like, I'm taking this moment. It's for my good and your, and even for your good <laughs> that I mm. take time for me to reset, to recenter, and then I'll jump back into whatever that I need to do. 
Well, I'm not a mother yet. I do like that you said that just doing it anyway because of that balance. I have friends who have children. And one thing that I can say just watching them outside looking in is that it's a never ending thing. Like motherhood is 24, 7, 365, 366, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And just even to mention like this idea of just taking that step back and being okay with doing it for you because the kids will be okay. I appreciate that. And especially to the mothers who, you know, have an opportunity to listen to this. Let this be your reminder if you haven't been taking care of yourself. From Nanji, of course, because I'm just kind of reiterating what she said. <laughs> but, you know, the reminder to just be cool with, you know, finding that space and that time to exist even and to breathe because my goodness if I can help my friends more a lot of times I'm like I would but they know I'm the childless friend so they tend to not want to send their kids my way because they just like Eve you don't have kids for reason I'm like yeah you know but I mean I have my reasons but I'm willing to support them if I can you know a couple hours probably but yeah I try my best I try my best people like you that do that are so appreciated because a lot of women you know, don't have that support. So anything, even if it's just 20 minutes so your friend can take a nap, trust me, she might not say it all the time, but you are a godsend. So you are appreciated and everybody else that do that are angels walking on this earth, honestly. Oh man, I definitely appreciate you. But to all y'all who listen though, try to call me, ask me to watch the kids and I, I didn't say do that. Okay? <laughs> Most of my friends don't made up to know if they really need to call on me because they need something, they need help. You know, I'm, I'm the friend, like, I, I got you. Like, I don't mind. But I know, you know, when it comes to children, um, I'm very mindful because I even think about eventually having my own and what that looks like about who I want my kids around or who I can trust, right? Because you can't trust everybody with your kids, kind of like your puppies and your cats and whatever else. You can't trust everybody with them because they don't love them the same. Mm-hmm. And so to have a community of people who are willing to say, yeah, I may not have, be skilled in this, but I am responsible enough to be able to do this, this, and this. It's just really helpful. So I love that. But oh my goodness, the conversation just flows. I love it when it's like this. Like, I feel like we've known each other for a while, actually, because it's kind of like, gosh, you know, it's just so natural. I love it when it's so, so natural. And I actually want to like talk to you more and more and more. But again, I try to be committed to the fact that we want the people to be able to listen and enjoy, but get on about their business. So we're going to let them do that because, you know, we love y'all. Right. So with that in mind, just, you know, to one of my favorite questions, and I ask everybody this, two questions are the, I always ask, who are you, what you do? And then this last one, if you had a piece of advice or words of wisdom that you would like to share with us, what would that be? All right. So I'll start with the first one. So as, you know, our wonderful host said, I'm Nanji Alexander and I'm a lifestyle blogger focusing on motherhood, faith, and a little bit of hair. And I'm also a stay-at-home mom of soon-to-be-free and a wife of four years in March. Congrats, congrats. Piece of advice is to give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. That's been, you know, my motto word of the year is to give yourself some grace. Not every day is going to be perfect. Not every day is going to be as you planned it. Everything happens for a reason. Every day is a new day. You know, take whatever task that you were supposed to do today, prioritize it for the next day. And take that time for yourself to regroup, to organize yourself and keep it pushing because life is too short to be upset over something in retrospect could be so small. But give yourself mm-hmm. a break. Mm. I take that too, although I'm not a mom. I'm going to take that too. <laughs> Thank you. I Everybody. love that. <laughs> You're very welcome. The grace is great. I love that. The word. Do you do words of the year too, though? Is that something that you do? Yes. Yes, I do. What's your, what's your word for this year? 
not settling. I know it's a long word or words, but not to settle. Hmm. I, I did that too much in 2020. I, I made too much excuses for myself. So I had hmm. to constantly remind myself, what are excuses? Hmm. And we both know. Tools of incompetence. Exactly. So I had to just be like, okay, yes, you have all of these other things going on. You have two little girls. You're about to have a baby boy. You have, you know, you have a husband. You got to take care of everybody. But, you know, not to, to not make excuses for yourself. Absolutely. I'm here for it. Well, you have been quite a joy to have here today. Okay. I enjoy You're so very welcome. Look, it was fun. We'll probably have to come back, you know, after baby number three and like, where are you now? And I will gladly do that. Gladly. But you said you are, you know, a wife, a stay-at-home mom, a blogger. You got a husband who fully supports you to be a black woman and to have this. I don't want to say it's taboo, but I don't know too many people in the same, you know, boat that you're in. And even just how, you know, navigating that, how to make these decisions from a like life, love and marriage perspective, just so many things that you have to offer. And I just really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I appreciate just you showing up and being yourself. And again, shout out to G Alexander for being a homie over there and yeah. holding you down and in the family. That's that's quite a lot, but not a lot in the bad way. It just it takes two special people to live the kind of life you live. I would say that, especially from these black households. I'll say that as well, mm-hmm. but we're going to leave that for another day. But you know, you know, <laughs> that's a whole conversation. If you guys want to hear it, you know, let her know, harass her. I'll gladly come back. <laughs> <laughs> harass her. I'll come back. I love it. I'm here for the harassment, but no, really all, but well, make sure you go and check the show notes to get that link to the full show notes that you can connect to Nanji G um, everywhere. She may be. Oh, spitting in bars today. Um, that being said, it's on, well, Nanji, I said Nanji G, it's not Nanji, Nanji A, but Nanji everywhere she may be. Boom, got him. But definitely on social media, especially Instagram, we're going to have all that there. So please go holler at her. And again, Nanji, thank you for your grace, for your authenticity, um, for your wisdom, and continue to wish you well in everything that you do. Thank and you. know that we here, we got you, girl. Thank you. I appreciate it. I love y'all. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It was such a, it was much needed today. Definitely. To, to have a conversation with an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it. All right. Until the next time, we'll talk to you. All right.